Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Happy New Year and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We hope everyone is off to a superb 2023. Today's show is an interview I did with Joe Holland at the 2022 St. Paul Ice Show. Joe is a YouTuber. His channel is Joe Holland Fishing. His specialty is winter camping on the ice. He's not a Midwesterner. He's from Maine, but he provides a lot of great information on ice camping that is applicable no matter where you plan to get out on the ice. Let's check out the interview with Joe. Welcome to Fish House Nation podcast. We're at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. I got the pleasure. I just met this guy yesterday. It's Joe Holland from Joe Holland Fishing on YouTube. You're on Instagram. You're kind of everywhere as Joe Holland. Uh, I think there might be some people. You're an East Coast guy, so uh, your your main areas where you're fishing is, is the state of Maine. Uh, just tell people a little bit about yourself. All right. So now I just ice fish for the most part. I used to fish the FLW Pro Tour, travel all over the country chasing bass, those big green fish, and then. Gave it up for the family business. I run an ice cream shop. I own an oh, ice cream shop cool. in Maine. It's the best business to be in. Put a smile on everybody's face at all times. So that's but it's seasonal. So like we crank. It's it's a lot like this region where you guys get the tourism for the summer and you gotta make your money when you can. And then but come September, I lose my health back to school. I have a lot of high school and college kids and the industry slows down. So I call it quits and then now I just ice fish. Right. So I had I started my YouTube channel originally. It was called um, the Average Joe Series. It gave anglers that were trying to break into the pro ranks an mm -hmm. inside look into the pro tour. And it wasn't like what everybody was portraying at the time. Like guys were like kind of being elite about it. Mm -hmm. They were only telling people the glory stuff of it. I was sleeping in my truck, you know, trying to scrap together two nickels to get enough gas to go pre-fish right. different parts of the lake. It was like, it was a challenge. So. Sleeping in my truck on the road, you know, driving 20 straight hours, leaving work like 40 hour week to fish a pro tour is a lot different than people thought it was. So I gave him like the inside look. Cause like out of the 200 two or 250 field, you know, 50 of those guys are like trust fund kids that have never worked a day in their life. 50 are like older pros that have just career guys. And then there's like a hundred other guys that are like struggling, you know, they're, they're grinders like me and like trying to make it. So. I did that series to start my YouTube to try to bring in some sponsorship, but also like get the word out, you know, in case somebody's thinking about being a pro, you know, and right. stuff like that. And then, and then um, when I stopped fishing the tour, I kind of just shut the channel down. Mm -hmm. But then when I took over the ice cream shop, it gave me that time to get into ice fishing, which is like huge passion. I love everything about ice fishing. Mm -hmm. And then I brought the channel back on and it was like, it was doing okay. You know, it was a hard transition. And I was doing like a lot of like YouTube gimmicky stuff. And like, I was trying to stay in what YouTube said to be in the algorithm, like five to 10 minute videos, nothing more. And like, you gotta have like all this crazy content and stuff like that. Wasn't working for me. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna shoot what I wanna shoot. It's like, it's like crazy different than, than what YouTube was saying. And I started, I started going ice camping and fishing so i'd go out and stay like five ten days on the water and then when i went to edit it i couldn't put up five to ten minute videos 
So I had it was like 45 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes, which was like not cool for YouTube at the time. Now it's the reg. Right, right. You know, now it's like what people people that want to sit and watch a video, they want to invest some time into it rather than five different five minute ones. You know, like quick hits. So I put up, I did a series. I think it was only a two part series. I went for like five days. It was like the best content that I could produce at the time because I'm doing my own shooting, my own editing. Right. I'm flying a drone. I'm doing underwater footage. I'm doing overwater footage, hat cam, chest cam, tripods all different ways. You know, I got uh, really nice brook trout, wild brook trout catches. I got drama because the slush came up overnight one night and I'm standing in like this oh, much yeah. water, can't get off the lake. I'm in the wilderness, right. like trucking all this stuff in. Edit, I took me like a week to edit these edits and like I trimmed it down. It's the best thing I could possibly do. Couldn't do any better. I throw it on YouTube, did nothing. <laughs> it did nothing at all and I was like, I was like, all right, I guess I'm not gonna have a YouTube channel. Well, the trouble was I put it up like the end of March. Mm -hmm. So like like ice fishing gets killed on YouTube. Like there's no way you can get any traction, even if it's an incredible video. Right. So I put it up and I'm like, that's all I got. I'm just not gonna have a YouTube channel. I'm just gonna keep doing the things I like without sharing it. I love to share it though. And then come next October, the Canadians picked it up because they were like getting jacked up for their season. Mm -hmm. So like the two videos I put up on that trip went from like 1000 views to like a hundred thousand views and it went the algorithm just went like that the chart went like that so i was like well that's my niche because it's what i like to do right. i love telling stories and that's the way to tell the story and i went to the long form and it really worked out for me in my channel yeah, yeah. let's trip. talk about that was what i wanted to talk to you about sure. i think there's a million things i can talk to you about yeah um but ice camping yeah you know it's something that i hear a lot you walk around this room especially if you're hanging out around where the shelters are yeah. that's what people are talking about i want to go ice camping this is yeah. going to work for ice camping if someone's thinking about getting started in ice camping, what's your best advice? Oh my God. So the first thing and the best advice I can give anybody thinking about it is do one is do it. But the first thing to do is to either set up in your garage, your backyard, your front yard. I don't even care if it's your driveway, but set up and do one night. Pretend you're on the lake, but do one night at home first. Yeah. Like at, preferably outside. You don't right. like, but if, if it's all you have is your garage and set up, cook there, like do everything but fish just for the night so you can see your comfort level. It's way better than going to, the, you know, traveling an hour to the lake, getting set up and then learning what you don't have, what you didn't forget, what you forgot and learning your comfort level. So you, you might not be warm enough, but if you do it at home and that safety net, like the first, just one night, yeah. you're going to be like, okay, that was warm enough for me. I'm good. Or, uh, all right, I need some more heat source or I should have, like more pots and pans, or I should bring utensils. Um, I forgot my toiletries, you know, stuff like that. So like my best advice is, is do it one night at home first, you know, and, that's great and, advice, and yeah. everything except the fishing part, you know, right. obviously, yeah. yeah. But that, that'd be the first thing. And then the second is, is stay in your comfort level. All right, so like, I don't get cold, like I'm super lucky. I never wear gloves. I can handle really cold temperatures, but I have a lot of people who can't, don't, try to be tough. Don't be like, well, this guy does it this way. You know, my comfort level is different than other people's comfort level. So find your comfort level and stay in it. So if you need more heat, more clothing, um, more room, do what works for you out there. There's no like, there's no written thing to say like, this is the only way to do it. It's, there's so many different ways to do it and yeah. get in your comfort level. Let's, let's talk about a gear list. What are some yeah. things that you're like, you, you have to have? All right, so I have, I literally do still have a list, even though I've done this like a hundred times. 
ranging from three to 15 days trips. And I still make a list like every trip. I should have like a computerized one that I print, right. but I kind of like change it up depending on what I'm fishing or filming. But all right, so the first thing most people are gonna need is a heat source. You know, bring a heat source and if you can, if you're in extreme temperatures like I am, like I'm in 40 below zero, a lot of times 20 to 40 below zero in Northern Maine, a heat source and a backup if you can. Even if you're not gonna run your heat, like I don't run my heat at night a lot of times, but I'll use it like in the morning to take the chill off, warm up my boots. So heat source, super important, backup heat source, super important. A lot of guys are bringing like the Garmin inReach when they're doing this wilderness camping like that. But, but some things that you don't wanna forget, like that are really, easy to forget just a table to cook on like uh i get one at lowe's i got one at lowe's and home depot it's like i think it's i think it's four foot and it's only like two foot wide but it's amazing just to get your stuff like off of buckets off of totes have a table just to cook on cook stove you got to have that because you're cooking all your meals it's a camping trip uh, don't forget your little bottles of propane if that's what you're using to cook with and then i actually made a floor for my tent I have a pop-up tent, okay. but my buddy and I made a wood floor because it's way better than like waking up and sticking your feet in four inches of water. Sure. And it like, it actually insulates the whole place too because you're, you're, you're basically sleeping on a block of ice. Mm -hmm. So the floor, then I bring a broom because I'm always in and out tracking snow in. Like something like bringing a broom, ice fishing, camping, you overlook. Yeah. But like after two or three trips where I'm like, oh man, it's like puddles of water in here or like this much snow in here. And I, I sweep it off. Um, I bring a cot, get a comfortable cot. Like I'm a big guy, I got a cot that fits me. So it's super comfortable. And then having like some sort of foam pad in between you, you know, you're in your sleeping bag, your foam pad, and then the cot, it keeps things so much warmer. Cause like when you're up off the ground, it's like a bridge, it freezes yeah, you first. You get that cold air under you. So you can block that off. Like I throw like my clothing under my cot. I throw stuff so there's not too much cold air under my cot. Yes. And then the sleeping bag super important. Um, I have like a big thick um, Cabela's one from like 25 years ago. It's just cotton or you know cloth. It's not one of the fancy ones, but that's super important. So I run hot when I'm sleeping. So it's been good to me. Like the coldest night I've slept was 45 below. And that night I actually threw blankets over top of it because I was a little bit worried on that night. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. crazy out there in that kind of temperature. That was the coldest I'd seen. So you and I both kind of have, have the same type Big, of gear. Yeah. So how about food? Like, what do you like? Oh man, so, so I always say, because I hunt too, yeah. and I always say that you can tell the good deer hunters from the bad ones because the bad ones eat hot dogs while they're ice fishing. <laughs> so, but, but I am fortunate enough, even when I don't get a deer, I have enough friends that get deer, moose, and bear. So I'm always bringing like really good protein for dinner that way. The most important meal to me is breakfast. Like I love breakfast. So I got a pot, a percolator going, because there's no power. Like you could bring like a jackery or a generator, but I'm in wilderness areas. Sometimes they don't even allow generators like in the Allagash region. So percolating coffee. And a lot of times you're just melting snow because you can only bring so much water, you know, but you can always melt snow. And I don't like drinking lake water for several reasons. Right. But um, so breakfast is always huge for me. I'm always a couple eggs if I can, toast, and then like I bring up cut up already home fried potatoes with like peppers and onions in it. And that's pretty well breakfast. Lunch is like hit or miss. It's if I'm catching fish and I want to stop and eat some, I'll eat some of that. Um, lunch a lot of times because the... The daylight we have is it, not even eight hours, you know what I mean? So if I'm eating breakfast at like 6 a.m. before sun up, 
then it's four o'clock, it's already dark. So a lot of times I'll eat dinner at like four or five, you know. So sometimes I'll skip lunch, but always cooking good meals. I actually cook better on the ice when I'm winter camping than I do at home. Right. Yeah, home, like I'll throw something in the microwave or open or pop a can or something like that. But when I'm on the ice, like I'm cooking like gourmet meals with deer and moose and like potatoes, peppers, onions, all these spices. Cause like you have time and you think about it and it's like, and food tastes a hundred times better when you're camping. And, and when you're camping on the ice, double that. Yeah, there you it go. tastes even better. One of, one of the things that I saw on your channel cooking though, you talked about cooking all that good protein and stuff, is uh, this donut thing you got. Oh yeah. Tell, so, me, tell me about these camping right. donuts. Yeah, so my best friend, one of my best friends is, he's 80 years old, Donnie Johnston, and lives right down the road from me. Just been, He's just one of the best people in the world. He's been taking me up in Northern Maine on a camping trip every year and like really teaching me how he was taught 60 years ago by a guy that used to bring him on these trips. So Donnie's been nice enough to take me on these trips. We we go 10 miles down the west branch of the Penobscot River in a canoe and we set up camp and we'll like metal detect old logging camps and we'll do salmon fishing, it's fly fishing only. And then we shoot partridge too, cause it's like perfect time of year. Well, he's got this recipe he keeps in his wallet. It's folded up, he's had it in 20 years. Somebody's gotta take a picture of that. We got it, we got a picture of it. Yeah, no, we, got, we posted a picture of it. And this last trip, we did it on film we, he actually made the donuts, like up there at the campsite, camp donuts, yeah. and they're ridiculous. And these dudes went by fly fishing, and we brought some down, and they went nuts over them. They gave us all these really nice flies right. as like a trade-off. Yeah. And then I got such a response on my channel, like every comment in that video, because the video just had the donuts in them. Yeah. But every comment was like, we need that recipe. How do you guys make those? What's the story with this? And I was getting inundated with messages and comments that we actually shot a video on just making the donuts yeah. and people went nuts they were so thankful and i get like i probably get four pictures a day from people all over the u.s hey i made donnie donuts today awesome. you know the family loved them we, we did this and it's it's really cool i'll be making those on the oh they're so good so good so i get you probably get a bunch of questions about ice cream what do you think is kind of the, the biggest mistake people make biggest mistake would be going into it without taking the proper precautions. Like you really have to keep your comfort level. I'll back that up actually. The first thing is watching the weather. You know, like the weather changes a lot in the winter anyway, and weathermen aren't always right. But you don't wanna be out there if it's raining. Like these, like the tents that we have, they're not built for the rain. You gotta bring a tarp for them. You gotta be prepared. Like I get cut up on my channel by a lot of comments from people saying, oh, you bring too much stuff out. I wouldn't lug that much stuff out. Well, I lug that, st that stuff out in case something happens. You know, like I'd rather be prepared. So I have an extra tarp, I have an extra heater. I have like extra cooking stuff. Um, I have like, stuff that's going to keep me warm stuff that's going to keep me dry extra boots in case i get wet so like the biggest mistake people would make to answer your question would be just not being prepared you know like the old boy scout model always be prepared you know and just and it's a lot of for for foresight and forethinking you know think ahead think of what everything could go wrong and plan for it. that's what i do so like i'm always thinking you know what could go wrong here what could go wrong here what could go wrong here and then make a plan for to defeat those or bring the right stuff for us you know okay those would be the things tell me a little bit about why why should people try ice cream what do you, oh, I love what it. Do you enjoy the most yeah that's a great question so i love not going home like like ice fishing is about 
the hardest part of ice fishing is getting set up, in my opinion. You know, is getting to the lake. Usually you're driving on terrible roads because it's wintry conditions. And it's like, it's not fun driving on terrible roads, you know, or, or in the winter. So you, you take that out of it. Then setting up's the hardest part. And I love to just set up and then wake up the next morning and already be set up. You know what I mean? I don't even care if I'm fishing here or like 10 miles away on my snowmobile ride. So like being able to wake up and have like, and just be in the spot already, have all your gear ready and just, and be on the fish, eat breakfast, get on the fish, come back home and you're already set up again. It's like the greatest thing ever. It takes out that driving, it takes out the, the risk of being on the roads and it takes out like having to get set up and having a snowmobile or a four wheel or even walking keeps you mobile enough where you can fish different spots if you want. But I sleep better on the ice than I do at home because it's like so quiet and pristine and like it's just amazing being out on the ice in the winter. Very good. Yeah. Joe, I appreciate you coming on. Sure. And, uh, I know you got other places to go and other people yeah. to talk to, but appreciate you giving us some of your time. And yeah. I look forward. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Anytime. We can do the telecommuting thing and yeah. have you on because just watching you and seeing your personality and, and all the information you have inside that noggin, I think it'd be really fun <laughs> to be able to share those. Chris, stuff. thank you so much. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime at all. all right. yeah. Appreciate it. Joe Holland from Joe Holland Fishing, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere you can find him. And I uh, really really recommend going to this channel it's a lot of information but a lot of entertainment too it's a lot of fun cool thank you thanks for listening to the fish house nation podcast presented by catch cover for more ice fishing content visit our blog at catchcover.com